0: Some do not. Part One The two young men, they were of the English public official class, sat in the perfectly appointed railway carriage. The leather straps to the windows were of virgin newness, the mirrors beneath the new luggage racks immaculate, as if they had reflected very little. The bulging upholstery in its luxuriant regulated curves was scarlet and yellow in an intricate, minute dragon pattern. The design of a geometrician in Cologne. The compartment smelt, faintly, hygienically of admirable varnish. The train ran as smoothly, Tejins remembered thinking, as British gilt-edged securities. It travelled fast. Yet, had it swayed or jolted over the rail joints, except at the curve before Tunbridge or over the points at Ashford, where these eccentricities are expected and allowed for, McMaster, Tejins felt certain, would have written to the company. Perhaps he would even have written to the Times. Their class administered the world, not merely the newly created Imperial Department of Statistics under Sir Reginald Dingleby. If they saw policemen misbehave, railway porters lack civility, An insufficiency of street lamps, defects in public services or in foreign countries, they saw to it, either with nonchalant Balliol voices or with letters to the Times, asking in regretful indignation, Has the British this or that come to this? Or they wrote in the serious reviews of which so many still survived, articles, taking under their care, manners, the arts, diplomacy inter-imperial trade, or the personal reputations of deceased statesmen and men of letters. McMaster, that is to say, would do all that. Of himself, Tejans was not so certain. There sat McMaster, smallish, Whig, with a trimmed, pointed black beard, such as a smallish man might wear to enhance his already germinated distinction. Black hair of a stubborn fibre, drilled down with hard metal brushes. A sharp nose strong, level teeth, a white butterfly collar of the smoothness of porcelain, a tie confined by a gold ring, steel-blue speckled with black, to match his eyes, as Tejins knew. Tejins, on the other hand, couldn't remember what coloured tie he had on. He had taken a cab from the office to their rooms, had got himself into a loose, tailored coat and trousers, and a soft shirt, had packed quickly but still methodically, A great number of things in an immense two-handled kit bag, which you could throw into a guard's van if need be. He disliked letting that man touch his things. He had disliked letting his wife's maid pack for him. He even disliked letting porters carry his kit bag. He was a Tory, and as he disliked changing his clothes, there he sat on the journey, already in large, brown, hugely welted and nailed golf boots leaning forward on the edge of the cushion, his legs apart, on each knee an immense white hand, and thinking vaguely. McMaster, on the other hand, was leaning back, reading some small unbound printed sheets, rather stiff, frowning a little. teachins knew that this was, for McMaster, an impressive moment. He was correcting the proofs of his first book. To this affair, as teachins knew, there attached themselves many fine shades, If, for instance, you had asked McMaster whether he were a writer, he would have replied with the merest suggestion of a deprecatory shrug. No, dear lady. For of course, no man would ask the question of anyone so obviously a man of the world. And he would continue with a smile. Nothing so fine. A mere trifler at odd moments. A critic, perhaps. Yes, a little of the critic. Nevertheless, McMaster moved in drawing-rooms that, with long curtains, blue china plates, large patterned wallpapers, and large quiet mirrors, sheltered the long head of the arts. And as near as possible to the dear ladies who gave the at-homes, McMaster could keep up the talk, a little magisterially. He liked to be listened to with respect when he spoke of Botticelli, Rossetti, and those early Italian artists whom he called the Primitives. Teejins had seen him there, and he didn't disapprove. For if they weren't, these gatherings, society, they formed a stage on the long and careful road to a career in a first-class government office. And utterly careless as Teejins imagined himself of careers or offices,